Welcome to Strategy Saturday. I'm Charles Crillo, and today we're going to be discussing maximizing property cash flow by reducing certain expenses. Have you always wanted to invest in real estate, but didn't have the time, didn't know where to find the deals, couldn't get the funding, and didn't want tenants calling you? Since 2006, I've been buying income-producing properties in great locations that provide us with consistent passive income while we wait for appreciation in the future and take advantage of tax laws while we're waiting. And unlike your financial advisor, we invest alongside our investors in every property we purchase. Check out investwithharborside.com. If you like the idea of investing in real estate, if you like the idea of passive income, partner with us at investwithharborside.com. That's investwithharborside.com. I have found that when I speak with new rental property owners, there are a number of expenses that are left out when they are calculating a property's net operating income, or they will grossly underestimate them, especially with smaller property owners. And when you're buying a property and you have never owned a rental property in that area or of that vintage, yes, your underwriting will not be as accurate as it's being your fifth property in that same area, but all the operating expenses must be included when you're calculating your net operating income. Here is an overview of the main operating expenses along with a number of ways to reduce those expenses. So the main operating expenses are first off payroll, and this is for properties with on-site management, so larger properties, or if you own many properties and maybe you have a part-time or full-time handyman. Next is administrative or HOA fees. HOA fees obviously being if you're in a, uh, a homeowners association community, and administrative fees being if you have someone that's assisting with accepting payments, or with uh, handling leases or with doing bookkeeping. Maintenance. Now, make sure to increase your maintenance budgets on older properties. And this is a huge mistake with new investors. They are using uh, what a normal budget would be on a normal property for maintenance. And that might just be set off a 20 or 30 year old property. If you're buying 60, 70, 80 year old properties, the maintenance budget is going to be much different. And speaking to new contractors is a, is a great way of finding lower prices. And ask other landlords for referrals to contractors. Um, that's usually the best. Uh, speak to handymen for referrals as well to different contractors or different handymen for handling different needs and services around your properties. Um, I usually don't get good referrals from real estate agents. Their contractors are usually pretty expensive. And that's great maybe if you're a homeowner and you just need something done. But if you have consistent people coming out to your property to do work, um, you really want to get a discount and you really want something where uh, you can you can really build a relationship. And building relationships with these contractors will dramatically lower your expenses over the lifetime, especially when you start buying more units and they see that and they have more consistent work for you. They're going to give you a better price because they know that you're going to be calling them and it's a consistent source of income that they don't really have to advertise for or worry about. Next is marketing. And for smaller properties, you will start and stop marketing. For larger ones, the marketing is continuous, okay, because there's always going to be vacancies at your properties and you always want to have a pipeline of potential tenants. There are many inexpensive online marketing tools that you can utilize. And I know many realtors that rent condos and houses just by paying 10 or 20 bucks and listing it on a website like Zillow, renting it, and after it rents, they usually will get the first month of rent as their fee. So not too bad, and that's a way that you can utilize it. And there's a lot of websites out there that will post to all those online websites that uh, list uh, apartments or any type of rentals. And usually you can pay a fee to them. They'll post down these dozens of websites. And then when it rents, you can take it down. Or you can just keep it going and have it like a monthly fee of what you're working on. But it really depends on, you know, you don't want to be um, advertising one bedrooms if you only have one one bedroom and it rents, right? 
If you have a bunch and the majority of your units are two bedrooms, maybe you can let that continuously go on and you can just keep on getting new calls. You can also leave a sign in front of your property if it's a if it's a good sized property. So if you have something that's like a 15 plus unit property, you can always leave a force for rent sign out there. And that will get a lot of people that are just driving through, give you a call, and you'll definitely be getting phone calls uh, definitely on a weekly basis um, that want to rent the property. And you can just hold their name if you have vacancies that come up. Uh, next is property management. Now, property management depends mainly on the size of the property and the number of units. Now, this is going to be a recurring expense, so make sure to know all of the management fees prior to hiring a management company. Um, next is property taxes. Now, property taxes can vary widely depending on the state, the city, the value of your property, etc. And you can appeal these if you feel they're too high and there's no guarantee that your taxes will change. Um, I've heard them go up before if somebody challenges them, and I've also heard of them going down. So it really just depends on um, how long you've owned it and uh, in the municipality. Next is insurance. Now, make sure you really understand your policy. Many people will get quotes for new insurance, but they will not actually compare the two policies, just the premiums. Working with an insurance broker will help you find the best policy because they're going to do that comparison for you, and they will most likely provide you with all the different approvals, or they just provide you with the best one. And they've already done that comparison, but you can review it, but it's one less thing you have to deal with. Now, I would caution when you're working with multiple insurance brokers, un unless you ask the first insurance brokers what companies you worked with, and then you can tell the second company that. Uh, if they have different companies that will write uh, or do write policies similar to the property you're trying to get insured, that'll be great, and they're not doing the legwork again. Now, legal is another one, and this can be for evictions or handling lawsuits like slip and falls, etc. Uh, yes, your insurance will cover most of these smaller claims, but there might be additional costs to you. You get a letter from an attorney six months after an event that you never knew happened. Um, you know, on a side note, if you're selling a property in an LLC or other entity, it's highly recommended to keep that LLC open for several months after you sell. If you sell a property, let's say in March, maybe keep it open for the rest of the year. This just makes sure that no one slipped on ice in February that you don't find out to until August after LLC has already been closed. Uh, you will need a real estate attorney and a litigation attorney on your team. So those are two separate um, uh, professionals in the legal environment that you're going to have to hire um, or just have their contact information so when a problem does arise, you can call them. Next is capital expenses in reserves. And this is a commonly misunderstood expense since it is not a, it is not really an operational expense. This is a non-operational expense and these are not day-to-day -day expenses. Uh, this would include new roofs, water heaters, appliances, HVAC systems, etc. After purchasing a property, you normally will be doing CapEx work in order to correct issues and, and increase rents. Um, you should also have a reserve going forward to cover the expenses when they come up. Now, minimizing expenses uh, is important, but what you really look for are ways to increase revenue and at the property. If you purchase a property and the previous owners were partially absentee, which you'll find a lot, especially with mom and pops or people that own property for like five, 10 years plus, because now it's just running. They did some work when they bought it. Um, you know, they've paid down their mortgage. Uh, the property's appreciated a lot. They've raised rents. You know what I mean? And they're just, it's, it's really just kind of like a cash flow machine for them. Um, but they're usually leaving a lot of money on the table. 
and the contracts they have with their contractors probably haven't been requoted in years and the rent probably is way under market uh, their current management probably just keeps everything running smoothly not making too much work for themselves um, and this situation is very common especially with the mom and pops as we spoke about earlier and when you underwrite this you can figure on performing deferred maintenance and renovations in order to increase rents but you also want to review all the expenses and start requoting all the contractors and contracts these properties most likely will require work in other words they were not spending enough on maintenance and in most cases to maximize returns your expenses might be higher in certain categories after you take over so make sure that you're underwriting for that as well my point is focus more on increasing the revenue than a business plan that is based mainly upon lowering expenses operators that state they're going to make massive cuts to expenses in a particular deal is always a little bit of a red flag for me yes if you have uh, another management company you use on your other properties and they quoted a lower fee great your insurance broker quoted you a lower premium or you're installing water saving features throughout the property that's awesome these are all great things but you need to make sure the property is increasing value and increasing in appeal to potential tenants that will accept higher rents for a better place to live you don't want to cut too many expenses that actually harm the property in the long run so i hope you enjoyed please remember to rate review subscribe submit comments and potential show topics at globalinvestorspodcast.com look forward to two more episodes next week see you then Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars, LLC, exclusively.